0: All right. I hope that everyone was here this morning. Uh, if you weren't, or if you know someone that wasn't, they should. You should tell them to watch that on, on Facebook Live. That was tr- really an ex- excellent, excellent, excellent stuff, all the way through. Just excellent. You know, if I ever had to pick a sister, I'd pick Jill. She's crazy to hoot, and I mean that's what I like. I like crazy, crazy. And she's from Texas. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's not one of those ones that had a hurry to get here like some people I know. No, she was born here, and it matters uh, yeah. at heart. Okay, we're going to let you have one. Come on up, sis. Corpus Christi. That's almost like West Texas if you've never been there. It's got some water, but, you know, who cares? Oh, wow. One hospital. Really? I
1: always say that because usually somebody from Corpus, but I guess not. Kingsville, that's close. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But the land inside is like West Texas, real flat, a lot of cotton, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, somehow it stuck with her. All right, girl. Oh, Sheriff.
1: Oh, I, we, we got South Texas all sewed up down there. Amen. The Mitchells before I became an O'Brien. Hallelujah. Lord, we're so excited about tonight. I'm excited because you're going to do a lot with your people here in this house. I saw a vision of the state of Texas. And there was a f- big old flame over this entire region, and it was not about oil and gas. It was coming out of the saints. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're, we're going to have some fire flowing tonight. Amen. And so I'm just going to share um, briefly on a, a message God gave me called God's Measure is Abundance. Amen. Amen. We're going to get our faith all stirred up before ministry time tonight. God's measure is abundance, So we just thank you, Lord, for this time. We commit it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. just want to start with Ephesians 3.20. I'll just read it to you, this one verse. You know it, but it's just good to wash ourselves with the word. Amen. The washing of the word. Now to him who is able... To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, Michael, that works in us. Amen. I'm so glad you're here tonight because I'm going to be laying hands on you earlier. You feeling better? Okay, good. Now to him who is able, can we know that God is able? Amen. To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in us. See, I just don't know how to get it through to people that we are all powerhouses. Amen? We just have to have the temerity to let it out. It's not that you don't have it. You've got it. Most of you in this room are loaded. I mean, I know from laying hands on you all these years. (laughs) You've got what I've got, you just don't know how to release it. So one of the things we're going to do tonight is just ask the Lord to show you how to release what you're carrying. Because you are carriers, amen? And you've, you've gotten it from the Lord directly, but I'm just saying, I know that, that you have it. So tonight, I just want to, I'm going to read, and you can read along with me. I'm going to be in the New King James, Second uh, Chronicles 20. Starting in verse one, and I'm going to go all the way to verse thirty. that sounds like a lot of Bible, but that's really the only uh, the main thesis for tonight and it's so powerful Second chronicles twenty verses one to thirty and you know i've been a christian uh forty seven years you know I always joke and tell you I got saved in the church uh uh nursery but uh but i have been a believer a long time and i have been around and uh people always think i'm younger than i am i appreciate that but i have been around i've run with i've run with some heavyweight people and i say all that to say the only thing i've ever heard in all these years in ministry about second chronicles 20 is for the battle isn't yours it's the lord's that's what people sum up this whole powerful chapter with just that one phrase And I think it's a disservice. And since we're talking about God's measure is abundance, we're just going to go through it tonight. Is that okay? All right. So it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against King Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying... A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. There's strategy number one. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. There's strategy number two. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now there's a novel idea. Let's bring people together from all the surrounding cities and let's what? Seek the Lord. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, Are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Can we just stand on this tonight for our nation? Listen to these words. This is so powerful. Verse 7, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants in this land, of this land before your people, Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. God will hear and save. Verse 10, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur, with whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. We're not going to be thrown out of our possession and our inheritance. Amen. It's not on our watch. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's about as honest as you can get. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Verse 14. It's so powerful. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of you, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord God, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. I declare and decree that tonight over Washington, D.C. The battle is not ours but God's. And we thank you for the victory this night, the last day of September. We declare and decree victory, victory, victory from our nation's capital in Yeshua's name. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up against the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. This is strategy. This is prophetic solutions. He's getting this from God himself. This is just marvelous. Verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Can you say, Lord, you are with us? We forget this. This is like basic Christianity. But we have to be reminded. Verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Strategy, humility, bowing low, worshiping their God. Verse 19, then the Levites of the children and of and the, oh, however you say that, stood up, thank you, and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices of Loud and high. They bowed low and worshipped. Then they stood up with loud voices and worshipped him loud and high. Verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. And they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. The blessings in the believing. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall what? Prosper. I just want you to listen to the word wealth about believe in the Hebrew. It's so good. It's aman, which is where we get the word amen. And it means to be firm, to believe is to be firm, stable, established, to be firmly persuaded to believe solidly. Now I want you to hear me. The reason why the healings and the miracles happen in third world countries is they don't have another option. They don't have medical help. They have limited, limited, limited. And they they know, they understand the spirit realm. And so they go to the witch doctors because they have a level of power. But if they do their voodoo on them, they they put what they call juju juice. they, They inject it. It goes under their skin. Then when we pray for people, it's moving. It's moving up and down. You can see that juju moving up and under the skin from where they've been inserted with it. And they might get healed of something but then someone in their family gets it because Satan doesn't have the power to heal. So it passes from one person to the next. And usually the person it goes to dies and gets something worse. This is, this is the real deal. So when they find out the Christians are coming and they know we move in power or we wouldn't be going to Africa, they flock to the meetings. Now they, I mean, we have people walk 10 miles from the bush Some people barefooted and they all had uh, pinned on their just so we would know because they didn't speak English, especially the ones from the bush, that they have AIDS or HIV. Well, they're coming to receive because they believe we've got the goods to get healed. And guess what? They do. Tonight, when we pray for healing. I want you to muster up all the faith you've got to believe God that these issues are settled tonight. Amen. This is a huge problem in Houston with the medical center because, you know, you just, just the natural thought is, you know, well, if I don't get healed, off I go to MD Anderson. Off I go, you know, and I'm not saying God doesn't use doctors. I'm not saying that. We know God uses doctors, and I'm not anti-doctors in medicine. But there's something powerful about miraculous healings. God is still in the healing business, but the blessing is in the believing. Amen? The onus is not on the one praying for you. The onus is on the believing. Amen? All right. That's my little little mini-sermonette on that. So, verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. There's a strategy. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. We're back to mercy. Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, The Lord set ambushes against the people. This is just marvelous. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. The Lord set the ambushes, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab, verse 23, stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sir to utterly kill and destroy them. This is classic, pray for division and your enemies turn on each other. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, they helped to destroy one another. Now we're about to see some of this happen. This is what, I mean, we don't have to run around calling fire down. They've called fire down on themselves just by their words and their actions. This is a, this is a major strategy, verse 23. See, we need to be strategic thinking when we read the word of God because it's chock full of strategy. Verse 24, so when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were the dead bodies fallen on the earth no one had escaped no one had escaped no one had escaped remember we're talking about God's measure is abundance when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil they found among them an abundance in valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And there, and they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Three days gathering the spoil. That's what you call a victory. Three days because God's measure is abundance. Verse 26, And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the valley of Barakah until this day, when they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. May the Lord make us rejoice over our enemies. The Lord. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdom, kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. All those kingdoms had the fear of the Lord on them. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest and peace all around. Isn't that just the best story? We just have to, sometimes we just have to reread even familiar passages to stir up our faith. And remember, they didn't ask for riches. They were just asking for deliverance. They were just asking for protection and they got loaded with money. You see when we seek him first, Matthew 6:33, and we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, then what we have need of, he just gives it to us because we went in the right order. We sought him and what he had need of. They weren't even thinking about money. They weren't thinking about precious jewelry they were just trying to save their life amen but god knew what they had need of so in genesis 21:22 before abraham and abimelech cut covenant abimelech spoke to abraham and said god is with you in all that you do and god's saying that to us tonight god is with us in all that we do and so we don't need to worry about the opinions of men Because God's opinion is the only one that counts. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And we have talked about declaring and decreeing for so long. I want to submit tonight that we need to shift that to believing and expecting. Not just declaring and decreeing, but believing and expecting. We need to get our faith up to be expectant. We need to, you know, because... When our hope has been deferred for a long time, if you've had something out there and you haven't seen it answered, if you haven't seen a healing happen or finances come in or a relationship healed, something you've been standing in faith for for a long time, hope deferred does come in and it makes the heart sick. But what's the rest of that scripture? But when the desire comes, it's what? The tree of life. Remember this morning we were talking about Genesis 2. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but eat from the tree of life. That's what happens when we are fulfilled with promises. This is a season of fulfillment. This is a season. We have all been embattled personally. It's been a decade of difficulty for the entire church. We, we tend to think it's just us because we're all going through our own stuff and we just assume everybody else is doing great. Everybody's been going through it. for at least, Mine's been two decades, but some of us it's only been a decade. Some of us more than that. Amen? I appreciated what Michael said. I mean, people don't know what we've been through. But we're coming out. We're coming out. This is the hour of fulfillment. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, we need abundance for every good work. The kingdom of God is not one of lack, but of, but of abundance. And I'm not talking all about financial. I'm, there's just a lot of different kind of abundance. I want to run through this quickly. Romans 5:17, abundance of grace. 2 Corinthians 8, 7, but as you abound in everything, in faith, and speech, and knowledge, and all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in grace also. 2 Corinthians 8, 2, an abundance of joy. You know, joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness depends on your circumstances. So you can have a bad day and be sad, but still have joy. Amen it remains second corinthians 12:7 an abundance of revelation father god i just pull down a spirit of wisdom and revelation over this house for prophetic solutions and strategies of how to overcome in business and families and and uh for revival in this region i call it down in jesus name second corinthians 8:14 but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. I feel that in this house. I feel there's an equality here. The way you take care of one another. I I love that. It's like the book of Acts. Did you know that False humility is linked to poverty. Amen. False humility is linked to poverty. And as I've been interceding over this wealth transfer for this January, it'll be 25 years, the Lord showed me that poverty and lack... Is on this end of the continuum with no zeros. And mammon and greed is over here with lots of zeros. But the voice of mammon and greed and the voice of poverty and lack is the same voice. Do you know what it says? Enough is never enough. So if you're in lack, you never have enough. And if you're in if you're in, you know, abundance, it's a never enough. It's the same spirit, it's mammon. I mean, that is revelation tonight. That is mammon. Poverty and lack is mammon, just like mammon and greed is mammon. Both of them have the love of money, and they say enough is never enough. It's an unsatiable love, it's a lust. Amen. So, Matthew twenty five twenty nine 29 says this is a key. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken. And what that's saying in the Greek is have abundance means to superabound. What you have in excess, greatly surpass, excel. And the word shows the generosity of God's grace, giving assurance. That faithful people will use their talents, their gifts, and their finances to advance the kingdom. Amen? A spirit of generosity. What? What'd you say? I was asking my wife why you're talking right at me. I was looking down, brother, reading. But you're so wonderful. I can't wait to get my hands on you in a minute and pray on you. Because you're just so loaded. You are. You know know you're special. I tell you that every time. So here's the question. Why are so many of us not walking in abundance? This is where the rubber meets the road. Well, number one, maybe we're not asking or expecting God's abundance. Is that possible? Are we not asking or expecting? We have not because we... So are we not asking or expecting? Number two, are we not pushing beyond our pressure points? I mean, I think it's important to pray beyond answered prayers. Because if God's measure is abundance and we have a limited thought pattern and we pray and get a prayer answered... Let's, let's keep pushing the envelope for more. That's not greedy. That's going into this place of God's measure is abundance. But see, we stop short. My sister has just come back to faith, and she always says to me, I feel so guilty praying for things uh, for us because God's got more important things than to listen to my needs. I'm like, what? What theology is that? I said, that's just not God. That's not the way God thinks. We have to think the way God does. So the third reason we may not be walking in abundance is not seeing or discerning God's abundance. Sometimes we just miss it. Sometimes there is a an opportunity before us and we just flat miss it. Sometimes God brings people in a form you don't expect. And you don't realize what a key they are in your life, and we miss it. That's why we've got to be more discerning. I mean, it's not just angels unaware. God brings amazing people into our life unaware. You just it's amazing when you start talking to people and finding out what a treasure is in each one of us. Just amazing. We're we're amazing. Simply amazing. The fourth reason we may not be walking in abundance is fear see problems are merely our opportunities to overcome challenges are often blessings in disguise and that's our launching pad that's what I was saying this morning about Brett Kavanaugh you know this was the making of a man this this horrible experience has changed him for the good because what doesn't kill you makes you what? Amen. And I just uh we're living in evil days and we need our supreme court justices to be tough. I mean it it's going to get worse than it is right now cuz we're we've got dark days but for those of us in the kingdom it's going to be better. Because we're the light in the darkness. And we've got to carry that hope and that light. It's got to be so real in us that we're not moved. We're not moved by circumstances. We're not moved by negativity. We're not moved. Amen. I'll just tell you, this last season in me has put such a tenacity in me. I mean, I, I'm just fearless, you know, and it worries Michael a little bit, you know. Blonde girl running all over the world by herself. But uh, I have never gotten in trouble yet. And I'm counting on not. Because it's Jesus and Jill running around together. Amen. Hallelujah. So number five. What's another reason why we're not walking in abundance? Not committing the little we have in our hands. You know, you just have to be willing to commit whatever you've got. Even if it's small. I mean, look at the result of the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, they took scraps. They fed 5,000 men. We don't even know how many women and children were there with scraps. (laughs) I mean, multiplication is still a principle that works today. The only thing that limits multiplication and abundance is our mind. So sowing into the kingdom will always result in an abundance. Even if it's down the road, it's an investment. So I just want to end with this before we pray. John 10.10, we know it so well. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to what? Give us more abundantly. So we're ready for what? Every good work. God's measure is abundance. Amen? Because, see, I tell you, a poverty mentality, it's hard to even hear the word abundance. Because you're thinking, oh, is this that prosperity gospel? And we're preaching prosperity. No, we're not preaching prosperity. We're just speaking God's word. But we need to prosper. We can't run around being useful if we're all poor, for goodness sakes. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, if we're going to take the world for Jesus Christ and every nation in the world we're going to get people to and, and be, send missionaries and raise people up, that takes money. First, first class. Yes, I don't know many missionaries that fly first class, but it sounds good. But, amen. Amen. So... um We're going to play that song that I mentioned this morning uh, about mercy. Jesus came running. Why don't you play it a little bit loud, and and then I'm going to go into ministry time. I just want us to listen to the words. Phillips, Craig, and Dean, mercy came running like a prisoner set free. Hallelujah. You got it? Let's go. So Call down your mercy tonight, Lord. We go up to that third heaven and we just pull it down. We pull down your mercy over us, God. And I thank you, Lord, that your mercy precedes miracles. And I have the faith tonight, and we just stir it up. We stir up the faith for miracles tonight. There's people in the house who need a healing touch, and there's some that need miracles tonight. And so we thank you for your mercy that's gone before us and preceded these miracles. For Your name and your honor and your glory alone in Yeshua's name. Amen.